Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message continues the series, Jesus' Ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. Okay, I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're in the Gospel of Luke. We're looking, moving into chapter 22, chapter 22 this morning. So, uh, I'm going to turn there, Luke, chapter 22. We're going to pick up at verse 1. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew near, which is called Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and they agreed to give him money. And so he promised and sought opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the multitude. I'm going to move down to verse 21. But behold, this is Jesus speaking, but behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goes as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he has betrayed. And then they began to question among themselves which of them it was who would do this thing. Let's have prayer together. Lord, will you just be with us today? Allow your spirit to have a freedom to speak to each of our hearts. Help us, to Lord, to know the truth, to want to be able to be obedient and to live for you. So I just pray your work can be done in each of our lives. And we give you thanks for all you do, most of all for your son Jesus, for him loving us enough to go to the cross to pay the penalty of our sin. So we ask your blessings upon each one, and we ask this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Saw an old comic strip of Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown, Snoopy was lounging around. Charlie Brown was working, and Snoopy was lounging around on his doghouse. And so Charlie Brown kind of got annoyed with that, and so he went and got his Bible, and he came back out, and he opened his Bible up, Proverbs 6, 9, and he read that to Snoopy. It said, how long... You loafer, will you lie there? How long until you rise from your sleep? Proverbs 6, 9. And so Snoopy heard that, and Snoopy got the Bible, and he flipped over to a few pages, and he gave it back to Charlie Brown and pointed to another verse. It's Proverbs twelve ten, and it said, A good man cares if his beast is hungry. <laughs> so then you see Charlie Brown in the kitchen, fixing some food for Snoopy. And he says, I forgot he taught Sunday school at the Daisy Hill Puppy Farm. You know what? We're talking about betraying Christ today. And the first people we're going to look at, religious people. Here's an amazing thing about the Bible. You can take the Bible and people will use different verses in Scripture to try to back up things that they're doing wrong. And so you see it all the time. Now listen, I don't want the Bible to be a justification of sin and things that I'm doing wrong. I want to use the Bible for God to speak to me so that my life can become more and more like Jesus Christ and so that I can live a life that honors and pleases Him. And that should be our goal. So let's not try to twist things to justify how the things that we're doing. 
Let's allow the Bible to lead and guide us to be more like Christ. Well, here we see a betrayal of Jesus. I don't know if you can get any worse than to portray God's Son. Now, it really shocks us when we look at who's involved in this. First, it starts off with the chief priest, the religious leaders of that day. Now, when we stop and think, verse 1 tells us it was during the Passover and unleavened bread. Here it combines them together, two different events, but they're right there. They happen close together, and they were celebrated close together. And so let me just tell you a little bit about Passover. It was considered probably the, the day for the nation Israel. They had been enslaved in Egypt. God had sent the death angel to pass over, and if they had the blood on the lamb, then uh, it passed over their home. And then they ended up being released. And so it was a great celebration. If you lived within 15 miles, it was required of all men to be at Passover. Then a Jew, at least once in their life, they wanted to attend. And so people would come from all over the world. Some people have estimated it was over 2 million people at one time had come. And they got that because there was over 200,000 lambs that were slain. And, and that would cover up to 10 people. And so there was a lot of people that came. And it was such a big event that they took time to fix their roads, make sure that they were in good shape. They worked on bridges to make sure that they were safe. They even took the tombs and they cleaned them up and whitewashed them so that people understood that they didn't want them to be unclean. They didn't want them to touch that and, and miss out on the celebration. So they cleaned up all the tombs even. It was a huge event. There were so many sacrifices being made that the priest, people that normally you wouldn't have, but just a few on duty, they had priests there constantly. Now, this being such an event, you would think that the religious leaders would be focused upon that. But what are they focused upon? Well, we get here to verse 1. It tells us, you know, about the time. Verse 2 then says the chief priests and scribes, they sought to kill Jesus. Their focus was all on Christ, and they would kill him. But they were afraid of the crowds. And so they almost said to themselves, we're going to have to wait to after Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, or we're just we're going to have riots. It's going to be worse than what we ever dreamed of. But they wanted Jesus out of the way. Now, when you have a hatred and a bitterness in your heart, Satan will very much be welcome to come into your life and begin to work. Because with hatred and bitterness, you're going to be open to a lot of different things. And then if you've got somebody else that's got a heart of greed, Satan very much will say, yeah, I'll, I'll get in here and make some schemes and some plans, and we'll get some things done. And so the Bible tells us here in verse 3 that Satan entered Judas. Now, that doesn't mean that Judas became demon-possessed, but what it does mean that Satan became in charge that he basically was surrendering himself to do the will of Satan. Satan wanted Jesus out of the picture. 
After Jesus' temptations, we read about that uh, Satan was looking for an opportune time to be able to get him. Now, that doesn't mean that Satan wasn't tempting or at work in Jesus' life in between. But here's an opportune time to be able to get at Jesus, and he knows it. And so Satan's at work. And so what's he do? He's going to be able to take Judas, who, by the way, one of the twelve. One of the twelve. Oh, you know, they love that. Satan loves it. Somebody that goes to church, or supposed to be a Christian, somebody that's a member of a church, whenever you decide you're going to betray the Lord, don't think that Satan's not celebrating. Don't think that the world's not celebrating. Yep, they were ready to celebrate. Judas betraying the Lord. I was thinking about uh, watching an old television show of uh, Flip Wilson's show. And, and you know, Flip Wilson back in the 70s, and some of you remember that, he used to dress up like a lady sometimes, Geraldine. So one time she had been out shopping and had bought a dress and and her husband said, you said you weren't going to buy anything. And she said, I couldn't help it. The devil made me do it. He said, what? She, she said, I was looking in the mirror. And I said, he's watching. He said, that looks good. And I said, get behind me, Satan. He got behind me. And he said, it looks good back here too. And I said, okay. <laughs> Had to buy it. And a lot of times we want to be able to blame things upon Satan. And Satan is at work. But listen, every single person has to take responsibility for your action. And that includes Judas. Judas made choices. You make choices. And you have to take responsibility for the choices that you make. And so just because you're tempted doesn't mean you have to go along with that temptation. Just because you have feelings doesn't mean you have to go along with your feelings. You know what right and wrong is. And you need to be able to choose to do right. Now what we have here is an exposure of Judas's heart. Judas had a heart of greed. Now, we were told here in verse 4, he went on his way and conferred with the chief priests and, and captains how he might betray them, and they were glad and agreed to give him money. They were more than happy to be giving money. If you've got a heart of greed, Satan is more than happy to give you money to be able to do evil. Judas had a heart of greed. In John chapter 12, I think it's verse 6, John puts a little commentary on. He said that Judas kept their money for him. He was like the treasurer of the group. And that he would use that sometimes for his own self. In other words, he dipped into the treasury and they didn't know it. He had a heart of greed. He makes a deal with them. 30 pieces of silver. That according to Exodus, is about what it would cost for a slave. 30 pieces of silver, he betrayed the Lord. Somebody said, I just can't hardly believe or imagine that he wouldn't demand more. But you know what? There's people that are willing to betray the Lord for a little pleasure. There's people that are willing to betray the Lord for a little popularity. And so we got to be careful when we say, ah, I can't believe it was just so little. Judas betrayed the Lord. He had a heart of greed. Not only did he have a heart of greed, it was a power. Now, why is it that Judas began to follow the Lord to start with? In John 6, verse 70, 
Jesus was aware. He said, don't I have my disciples and yet one of them's of the devil? One of the reasons he wanted to follow Christ, not because he wanted to do ministry, but because he wanted power. He believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He believed that he was going to be the conquering Messiah, conquering king, and he wanted the power. He wanted to be one of the people of authority. And so there's many people that are willing to betray Christ because they got a heart of power. They just want to be able to, to be in charge, to be in control. You got to be careful when it comes time to electing leadership of a church that you're putting people in that have servant hearts that are genuine born-again Christians because Satan would love to infiltrate and be able to have somebody that has a heart that wants to be a power, full of pride. And Judas had a heart of selfishness. He was looking after himself. Yeah, it was fun doing ministry. But when you do enough ministry, you get patted on the back, and he liked that. Judas was about himself. He wasn't about others. He's about himself. His heart was selfishness. All that means, Judas did not have a heart for Jesus. There's a big difference. He was different than the other disciples. His heart wasn't focused upon Jesus being glorified, him being Lord, him being in charge. His heart was about himself. That also warns us, you can be in church. And you can come to church every Sunday. But that doesn't mean your heart is right with God's. And Judas was not. His heart wasn't right. Now when we look at this passage of Scripture, we can look at it and we can just say, oh, this is all about Judas. But actually the Bible is about Jesus. And one of the most amazing thing here is not Judas, and although that is amazing that a guy who saw Jesus work and minister for three years and was a part of that would betray him. But also on top of that, what is amazing is the love that Jesus had for him. That's still truly amazing. You read this and you see what Jesus, his love and grace, and it's just mind-boggling that Jesus loves like that. Jesus, no doubt that he loved Judas. You know, John in John's gospel John chapter 13, that's where you read about Jesus, the night where they were going to celebrate the Passover. Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And the disciples all thought they were too good to serve one another. And Jesus washes their feet. Now that's pretty humbling. To have the Lord take your foot and to take a cloth with water, and to wipe it up and clean it. And Judas was there that night, and Jesus washed his feet just like he did all the rest of them. What's he saying? I think Jesus is saying, I love you. When somebody is willing to serve, when somebody is willing to be kind, when somebody really cares, when somebody is not just words, but through their deeds and actions shows their love. It gets your attention. And that's exactly what Jesus was doing with Judas. He knew. He already knew Judas had determined in his heart to betray him. 
And yet Jesus is loving Judas anyway. He's given him an opportunity. You know, the Lord continues to give us opportunities. Sometimes they may be people here that's already made up your mind. I'm going to go out and I'm going to sin. I'm going to rebel against God this week. And you may be here, maybe listening, and you may have already determined that. You know what? The Lord still loves you. And today he's at work in your life, and he's wanting to be able to touch you, to change you, to turn you around, to keep you from going down the wrong path. He loved Judas. That very night, he gave Judas a prominent place to sit next to Jesus. Only two people could sit next to Jesus, one on his left, one on his right. John sat on one side, Judas on the other. I wonder why he put Judas there. You know, I believe that Jesus, once again, was trying to let Judas know, I love you. He's trying to give him an opportunity. Don't go through with it change. Here's an opportunity. I wonder what the Lord's doing in your life. It could be that's why you're here today. That the Lord is giving you an opportunity to let you know you need don't do this. Do what's right. Don't go through. Don't go to that party. Don't go to that event. Don't compromise your morals. Don't steal. Don't jump in with that group and become a thief. Don't do it. He gives us opportunities. And so he sets Judas next to him. It's just a reminder of how much that he loves him. Not only does Jesus set Judas next to him, but we read verse 21. Look what verse 21 says. For behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. He warns Judas right there. It's a warning. I know your heart. Do you know that? God knows all that you're thinking. He knows your heart. He knows what's going on. He knows the situation. He already knows about it. And he's given Judas a warning. Warning about betrayal. Warning him what's taking place. I just think the Lord, isn't it great how he just loves us so much and is at work in our lives, providing those just different types of warning. He allows sometimes a phone call. Sometimes a picture maybe of your parent, if something will come up, a memory, just as a warning. It's like flashing lights, don't. And it's just like God trying to tell you, I know. Or the Holy Spirit will just convict you, I know. Judas, if he had doubts about Jesus, this should have got his attention and said, wait a minute. Maybe more to Judas, Jesus than what I realize. And Jesus provides a warning. I know about your betrayal. Jesus even quotes scripture. We don't see it here in Luke's gospel. But in Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, verse 18, Jesus quotes Psalm 41. Psalm 41, verse 9. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, he lifted up his heel against me. Jesus is quoting that as he's applying that to Judas. But in Psalm 41, it's David, and it's David talking about when uh, Absalom, his son, rebelled against him. He had a friend that betrayed him, a hip male. He betrayed David. He was a priest, and you wouldn't think that he would betray him, but he did. And Jesus says, and now I've got someone betraying me, and he's quoting scripture 
Let me tell you something. Scripture itself is powerful. It's the Word of God. It comes from the Spirit of God. And God's Spirit uses it to be able to provide conviction and to touch us and to just allow us to know when we're doing something that's wrong. And it's powerful. And don't ever allow somebody to make you ashamed of Scripture. You quote it. And you know this. It's like a two-edged sword piercing somebody's heart. It never goes out void. And God's Word can be able to have a big influence on someone. So don't be afraid to be able to quote Scripture. Jesus quotes Scripture. And then, there in John chapter 13, the Apostle John sitting on the other side, and next to him is Peter. And Peter, Jesus has said, somebody's going to betray me. And Peter said, ask the Lord who it is. And so John asked the Lord, who is it? And Jesus said, it's the person that dips their hand with me. And Jesus takes some bread and dips it, and then he takes it and he hands it to Judas. Now, I don't know that the other guys caught on, but whenever you're eating bread, this is how Jews in Jesus' day saw this. When you're eating bread with somebody, you give them bread. It's a sign of friendship. It's a sign of closeness. And so even though that Judas had already determined in his heart, I'm going to do this, Jesus is still reaching out to him, friend. Gives him a warning. And he hands him the bread. And Judas takes it. Judas even has the nerve to say, because all the disciples are saying, Lord, somebody's going to betray, is it I? And he even has the nerve to say, is it I? You know, really, we should examine ourselves. From time to time, we need to be able to say, Lord, is it I? Would I actually do this? I was talking about earlier about the high priest. You know, during this time of unleavened bread, a person was supposed to take all the leaven out of their house. See, because when it was time to leave, you didn't have time. You had to be ready at a moment's notice. You didn't have time for leaven. They wanted you to take all the leaven out of your house. And it was a symbol of sin. And so not only were you physically to do that, but it was also a time to search your heart to see if there was any sin within you. When Jesus, this night, is talking to Judas, it should have been a time for him to search his heart. You know, I need to get myself right with the Lord. I'm going down the wrong path. But Judas had made up his mind. And so Jesus had said, what you do, do quickly. And then the Bible tells us, John chapter 13, verse 30, that Judas, that Judas departed in the night. Let me tell you something. When you rebel against God, when you rebel against Jesus, when you go against the Word of God, it's like you're turning the lights off. And you're going into darkness. And that's where Judas was. Oh, he had his money. He had his money. He betrayed the Lord. Remember what Jesus said back in Luke chapter 9, verse 25? What does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul? I've got my money for a little bit. 
He had his information. He knew where Jesus was going into the garden, and he'd be there alone. The crowds wouldn't be there. It'd be the opportune time. It's just what those chief priests, it's just what they wanted. Those officers, they'd be able to get Jesus. He had his information. And he had made up his mind. He had his plan. Let me tell you what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 24, speaking of this, he said, the person that betrays me would have been better if he had never been born. To reject Jesus Christ, to say no to Christ, you'd be better off if you hadn't been born. He was determined, I'm going to betray him. But let me tell you something. Jesus was determined, I'm going to the cross. I'm dying to pay the penalty of the sin for all people. I love this world so much. I love people so much that I'm going to die for them. And nothing's going to distract me. And Christ was determined to go there for us. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus has paid that penalty for you so you could be forgiven. And you can be able to have a peace that passes understanding. You can have a home in heaven. But you've got to make the choice. God knocks on our hearts, on the heart door. But he allows you to open it. It's up to you. He doesn't make you. It's up to you. You sense His presence. You sense the Holy Spirit working. You see, what I'm telling you today, I'm telling you the truth. How do you know it? Well, you've seen it in God's Word. But you also sense His Spirit. And His Spirit is at work in your life. His Spirit is just confirming He loves you. That's why he's dealing with you. I love you. I want to be a part of your life. I want you to do the right thing. I want you to, your life to matter, to count, to be useful. The Lord's at work. Now the question is, what are we going to do? Judas made the wrong choice. You don't have to be like Judas. You know, in heaven, the 12 apostles are honored. Peter, Andrew, James, John, Bartholomew, Philip. They're honored. Thomas, Thaddeus, they're honored. There's another James, another Jude. Their names are all honored. But you know who's not? Judas. He's not honored. He made the wrong choice. We don't have to go there. And you may say, well, I, I don't have much choice now. Yes, you do. You can determine now I'm going to do right. Lord, help me to do what's right. Help me. I've, I've, I've made some mistakes. I've gotten involved. I need to get out of this. Help me. The Lord can help you to get out of this mess. Let's take a moment. Let's have prayer together. Lord, thank you so much for letting us be able to come this morning to study your word. Lord, may you allow this to be a day that's a difference maker. 
May people be able to make decisions today that make a difference in their lives. And so, Lord, I just ask that your spirit would work in a miraculous way. And, Lord, that you would be able to forgive people, that you would be able to fill people with your spirit and power. And today would be a difference. We pray your blessings now in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.